this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, I'm reporting to you live from beautiful Monaco, Monte Carlo. If you are watching on YouTube, you can see I got the Mediterranean Sea in the background. If you're listening on the podcast, you can probably hear the ocean or the sea in the background. But the reason I'm here is not because I'm on vacation. I wish. But this is not a bad place to watch basketball. I was here, or I am here, in Monaco because I came to evaluate Zachary Reeseshare, one of the more divisive prospects in the 2024 NBA draft class. So stay tuned to find out my thoughts on Zachary Reeseshare as I watched him play live against AS Monaco, a EuroLeague team, yesterday. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. It is early Monday morning here in Monaco. I have a flight to Madrid in a few hours. I am in Europe. For a couple of reasons. One, I, I come to scout some players in the 2024 NBA draft. I'll spend the majority of the time in Madrid. I'll be going to a few practices of some of the, the teams in the area. I'll be watching some 14U, 16U, 18U practices, going to some EuroLeague games and watching a few prospects, not only for the 2024 NBA draft, but 2025, 2026. I'm trying to get way, way ahead, build a, a, a database of, of prospects. I mean, I eat, sleep, breathe, love this this NBA draft world. I mean, I absolutely love it. And basketball takes you to some pretty cool places. I mean, I'm, I'm Monaco. I mean, it's a place I've always wanted to go, but I've, I've had a, a blast here. My father joined me on this trip. I rode a, a bike on the same streets that they have the the F1 Grand Prix and I mean it's just been an excellent 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 trip and experience but I'm leaving in a few hours to go back to Madrid I, I spent the day there and like I said I'll be going to watch a couple yearly games and evaluate some some prospects but the reason I am here today is because I came to see Zachary Risa share now Zachary is a player that I've seen, I want to say about four or five times now, maybe five or six, I'm, I'm not sure. And he's divisive. I've seen some people have him as the top prospect on their board. Some people have him as lottery picks, top five. I currently don't have him in my top 30. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to see him live, and he was the first prospect that I chose to, to live scout in this draft cycle, was because he had a he had a very difficult summer this summer playing for the French national team. Averaged less than 10 points per game. And then he had some pretty big games playing for JL Borg, which is a first division team in France. And the game that they played this weekend was against AS Monaco. AS Monaco was a EuroLeague team. They won the French championship last year. They beat uh, Victor Wimbayama, Bilal Koulibaly, and the Metropolitans 92. They feature Mike James, who is one of the best players in the history of European basketball. I believe some, at some point this season he's going to be the all-time leading scorer for the EuroLeague. So I thought this was a, a good game to come and watch play. You're playing against a tougher competition. And honestly, Risa Scher had some pretty big games leading up to this game. So I wanted to see him live because I've had my, I've had my concerns about Zachary and I had mentioned in a previous podcast the very first time I saw him play it was a game against he played for Asvel 
which is in some, some financial trouble right now. Um, but he played for Asvel, and he's on their under-21 team, and they played a game against Paris Basket. And I had heard before the game, like, he is a player that I need to go check out and see. Like, I definitely need to check him out. So I went to check him out. And the first game, he looked like, I mean, he was as, as good as advertised. I even did a podcast. I want to say it was like, I could probably remember the date in the back of my head. I say it was like November 8th or 9th, 2021. And I just saw the size. I saw like the, the high IQ, the passing. I just saw the, the total package. And I thought, this is a name to remember. He could be the next top French prospect after Victor Wimbayama. Then I saw him play early 2022. It was at Adidas Next Generation Tournament in Belgrade, Serbia. And I just did not, did not leave impressed. I mean, the physical tools are, are, are there. Um, the size. I mean, he just has the pedigree. His dad is a professional basketball player. He has the pedigree. He has the, the, the modern skill set that you're looking for in a, a, a modern day wing. But in this particular tournament, I just I didn't see a, a great level of intensity. I didn't see a great level of competitive fire or, or shot making. Um, he might have been dealing with an injury. But, I mean, there were, it, there were a lot of moments where he floated on the court and didn't really impose his will or his talent on, on the opponent. And his team was, was, was good. They ended up winning that particular tournament without a strong performance from him. So I was a little bit lower on him than the consensus after watching him play for a week in that particular tournament. Fast forward, watch him play a few times for the, uh, the French national team. And then, you know, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. He did not have a great summer this summer. I mean, I've, I've heard that he was dealing with an injury, but he did not have a great summer. I think he has like seven points per game. And a lot of my concerns that I had about him were on full display this summer when I, when I, watched, when I watched the game. So fast forward, he has some strong performances in France's top division. France's top division isn't the best domestic league in Europe, but it's very respectable. I mean, I'd say Turkey, well, I'd say Spain is the best domestic league. I'd say Turkey's right behind. And then I'd say Italy, maybe France. It just depends on, on who you ask, but it, it's a respected league. I mean, they have a Euro, they have two Euro league teams. They have some teams that are competing in the, you know, some of the other top international leagues. So he's had some good performances. He had a 24 point game. He showed some shot making. So I was like, you know what? Hey, it's a perfect opportunity to to watch him and measure his growth and development because honestly, I thought maybe he just needed a change of scenery. We've seen it when Victor Wimbayama left Asvel. We, we've seen it with Alex Saar leaving France, leaving OTE and going to play for Perth. And now Alex Saar, I think, is, is in... You know, is 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 on the short list of candidates that could be a top a top five pick. So, with that being said, I thought maybe with a change of scenery, on top of the way that he's performed in a few games that Zachary Reese shared was someone that I had to come and check out live because again, he's divisive. I see some people have him as number one. I I wasn't there yet. So anyway, when we return, I'm going to tell you my thoughts and I'm going to give you a full breakdown of his performance versus AS Monaco. Stay tuned. Before I get into the second segment, I want to talk about game time because have you ever, ever been frustrated with the ticket purchasing process? I know I just went through it in Monaco because they don't have game time. Now, if they had the game time app, 
the process would have been a lot more simpler than what it was because at game time you can get last minute tickets flash deals they even have zone deals and the tickets are easy to find and they're easy to buy and they pretty much have tickets for every type of event that you could want they have a low price guarantee they even have an event cancellation protection and job loss protection but what i like most about game time is that they actually show you views from your seat of the venue so there's no i mean there's no surprises and also i like that they have the option where the price is all inclusive because i absolutely hate when i would go to other apps I'd buy a ticket for $50 and then when it comes time to pay my bill is or the, the price is like $115 because they have all these fees. And with game time they have the option where your tickets can be all inclusive and they have deals right up until the last day of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it is the place, the best place. I gotta get that correct. The best place to find last minute deals. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored seats on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And all you have to do is download the Game Time app. It's that simple. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKED ON NBA. L O C K E D O N N B A, and you can get $20 off your first purchase terms apply again all you have to do is create an account and use the promo code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right once again big shout out to each and every person that has made the locked on nba big board podcast your first listen of the day and i'm going over my notes from yesterday's game where I watched Zachary Reese share. Again, one of the more divisive prospects in the 2024 draft go up against AS Monaco. So here's here's my notes. So he did not start. And my dad was at the game with me. And I'm, you know, telling my dad about, you know, this prospect that I'm coming to see. And my dad actually, he came to spend time with me. He absolutely enjoys seeing what, what I'm doing. But, you know, he, he came to shop. So we go to the game and I'm telling him that, yeah, there's this kid that, that I'm looking to to see i think that he is going possibly going to be a first round pick in the 2024 nba draft and so one of the things that kind of made it a little bit difficult to explain to my father was when you he when he heard nba prospect he was looking for someone that is just going to stand out and pop out just immediately so what i had to explain to my dad is that in in europe it's very very difficult to evaluate and scout prospects especially if they're playing who these flies out here are gangsters if you ever come to monaco beware these flies they're gangsters so if you see me moving around and, and and twitching i'm okay it's just these flies are my ear my neck my legs so anyway what i was trying to explain to my dad was that it's very difficult to to evaluate a lot of the european prospects especially if they're playing on high levels is because there's not really developmental minutes in a sense if they're on a higher level team they're there because they can contribute and help not necessarily to boost their draft stock or they may have smaller roles and it can be difficult especially for an independent scout like myself i mean i'm paying for this out of out of my my own pocket so there was a time last year i went to watch tristan vucevic who plays for the washington wizards and he got in for maybe maybe like two minutes at the very end of the second quarter and 
you know, I, I spent time, <laughs> you know, and money to get there to watch him and evaluate him, and, and he barely played. So I, I figured Reese's share was going to play a little bit more than that. So anyway, he didn't start, and my dad is wondering, you know, why is this kid that you came all the way over here to see doesn't start? And Reese's share didn't get in until 2.39 left in the first quarter and the first thing that I noticed is that he is bigger than he is the last time I saw him which is you know natural as expected I mean he's a teenager and the last time I saw him was in January I want to say maybe January 2022 so he looks bigger his body's filling out a little bit long arms and he definitely has the NBA wing positional size and he he looks the part like I said long arms he's filling out he definitely looks a lot bigger than his listed height. I've seen him listed at 6'8". I don't think he's 6'8". He might be 6'9", maybe 6'10". And he may not be done growing. So physically, he looks the part. He moves well. Has all the tools that you want in a modern-day wing. And when he got in the ball, his, when he got in the game, his first shot was a, a corner three in transition. And he made some live dribble passes. He showed that he is a good ball mover. So I think the IQ is there. The feel for the game is there. There was one play where he got the ball in isolation. And the first thing that really stood out to me is that he struggles creating one-on-one. -on -one. He can dribble the ball, but there's not much offensive creativity, not a lot of shake and bake, not at this point in his development, not very strong at creating space for himself. Now, on the junior levels, because of his size, he may be able to get away with, with not being a crafty, creative ball handler. He can use his size to shoot over the top of guys, but he does have a tendency to pick up his dribble a little bit. But he just one of the things that really is alarming to me is his inability to shake free in isolation. Now, when I say that, I mean, that's probably just me nitpicking because that's probably not going to be his role in the NBA. And one of the things that I kind of struggle with, with, with him in particular, is I see the talent, I see the tools, I see, I see the potential. But what I have to understand is maybe his role in the NBA is to be a 3 and D ball mover. And maybe he's not going to be this scorer or shot creator or a guy that you give the ball to at the end of the shot clock and get a bucket. But that's what I want to see because I think that he has the talent and the physical tools to be that guy. But that's just a, a, a personal preference. Like I said, I could be nitpicking a little bit. In that particular play, he couldn't get to a spot. He couldn't shake free. And then once he couldn't get by his defender, he tried to turn it into like a, a back down. And he wasn't strong enough. I mean, he's a grown man he's playing against. He's a teenager. He's a grown man against. He wasn't able to turn his back down into a... An efficient look so he ends up taking like a tough turnaround jumper but then I saw like the the flashes as a passer and ball mover he had a couple live dribble passes um, he had a skip pass where he saw the man in the corner on the opposite end of the floor so that part is I thought that part was good just because that may be his role again I may want him to be a little bit different than what he is but what did catch my attention is I think that he has real promise and upside as a defender. Again, he has the size, he's long, he moves his feet. He is going to be, I think, a really good 
team defender just because of his, his length. And then, of course, Europe is a lot different than the NBA. There's more spacing in the NBA. But in Europe, with the compact lane, he can play the passing lanes and he can roam and play free safety and, and really be an, an effective defender there. So I thought he showed that he competes on the defensive end, showed his length, and then they gave him the assignment of guarding Mike James. Now, that's not an easy task for anyone. Mike James, if he wanted to be, could be an NBA player. He had some good moments when he played for New Orleans, had good moments when he played for Phoenix, had some, some good moments when he played for Phoenix. And I had Mike on my podcast. I think it was before I was with Locked On, but I had Mike on my podcast, and we talked about the difference between NBA and EuroLeague. He's just a guy that prefers playing in Europe. And one of the things that he mentioned in this particular interview that I had with him is that he likes Europe because he feels like in the NBA – if you are on a team with a star player, you, you can just literally just spend the whole game running down the court and getting in the corner. He liked Europe because he felt like the ball moves a little bit more. You have to think a little bit more. And I mean, it's stuff that other players have said. And I, I think that if he wanted, I think he could be a rotational player in the NBA. Without a doubt, I think he could go to Phoenix right now and, 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 and be in the rotation. I mean, it doesn't hurt that he's really good friends with Kevin Durant. But anyway... Mike James is a prolific scorer. I think coming into the season, he was fourth all-time in the EuroLeague in scoring. I think he's going to break the record at some point this season. And the coach from the coaching staff from J.L. Borg trusted Zachary Reese-Share, a teenager, to guard Mike James. That's a significant difference in height and size, but they trusted him to guard Mike. And I thought he played played well on him. Mike didn't. Mike just kind of plays at his own pace. He gets his 20 points in the Florida game pretty easily. So he wasn't necessarily looking to attack and go at Zachary. But I thought Zach did a good job. And again, that was a tough a tough assignment for him. But again, I thought he competed well on the defensive end. I have in my notes, he uses his length defensively. There was one particular play, it wasn't against Mike, where he got beat off the dribble. And because of his foot speed and, and, and mobility and length, he was able to turn a blow by into a block at the rim. So I thought that he, he showed some flashes there on the defensive end. I will say that there were a couple plays where I saw him get beat off the dribble on straight line drives, but I think that is more so because he probably when he's playing with his age group, is able to recover and get the block. So I think he does have a tendency to let guys beat him because he feels like he can recover. That is something that, you know, occasionally is going to work, but that's something I think he'll, he'll need to shore up for sure because, um, you know, in the NBA there's more spacing, and then you, on the blow-by you may not be able to block it. It may turn into a kick-out to an open three. But overall, I thought defensively, he played well. On the offensive end, there was a time that he, he passed up an open jumper in the corner and he went to put the ball down on the floor and got the ball stolen. And there was a play where he drew a foul on like a straight line drive. But my, my biggest concern, like I mentioned, is that there's just not a lot of offensive creativity off the bounce. If he does make a dribble move or a handle, it's kind of like east and west. But it's not, he's not a very good space creator but he did draw a, a foul on a straight line drive he missed the free th he made one free throw and then on the second free throw he missed it he got the offensive rebound and got an assist there was another play where he got the ball on the baseline and i want to say like they found him cutting on the baseline and i thought he had a layup from my angle and i sat on the third row like right behind the scores table but i thought he had a layup but i noticed that he just doesn't have that quick twitch vertical pop to where the to where he could 
finish and, and quickly. Like he didn't explode off the ground. And I thought what looked like could have been an, an, an easy layup or maybe in the NBA would be a dunk. I thought he turned that into a difficult shot. And so that is something that I'll, I'll definitely be monitoring to see if just he has the quick twitch vertical pop in the athleticism to finish in tight spaces around the rim. But overall, like I said, good defender. In the second half, he entered the game in, the, in about 4.15 in the third quarter. He did get beat off the dribble again and was able to contest from behind, didn't get a block. And then he, he made a corner three in, in the third quarter. And there were times where he tried to play physical, just didn't have the strength and physicality to, to create space with his shoulders. He ended up finishing one for, for four from the floor, one for four from the floor, played 24 minutes, four points, four rebounds, one assist. And actually, I think he had more assists than that. They have him for three assists. He was one of two from three, one of two from the foul line. Like I said, four rebounds, two of them were the off offensive end. He had two steals, three turnovers, and a block shot. Not crazy impressive numbers. And, of course, I'm trying to explain to my dad, like, this is the risk that you take when you go to scout international prospects that are playing at a high level in Europe. You may get a four-point game. It's very unlikely you're going to get a 15 or 16 point game but you're just really just looking at potential and you're looking at what could this guy be long term all right when we return i'm going to share my thoughts on what i think zachary reese's share could be long term stay tuned before i round out the last segment i wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by better help Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA and get on your way to being your best self. If you are thinking about starting therapy, I suggest you give BetterHelp a try because it is entirely online. It is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to basically fit your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time and there is no additional charge. And all you have to do, if you wanna make your brain your friend, try BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today and you will get 10% off of your first month. Again, 10% off your first month of BetterHelp slash locked on NBA. So if you are looking to give therapy a try, you can try it online. It's flexible. They can find the therapist that fits just for you. Again, betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. All right, last segment, I'm wrapping it up. I have a flight to catch in a few minutes. And like I mentioned earlier, what, what I have to figure out with Zachary Reese's share is separate what I think he can be, what I would like to see him, what I would like to see out of him, and what is a more realistic role. And I'm starting to believe with a, a more realistic role for him is, again, a three- and D ball mover that can occasionally make plays out of pick and roll, not necessarily like a, a, a pick and roll playmaker, but a guy that you can give the ball to on the second side and he can make a, a play because he is a, a good pass. I think he has a high IQ. He can make live dribble passes. 
I think that defensively, I think that there's something there on the defensive end. And I, I, I heard someone mention that at the Hoop Summit in Portland, that his defense was way ahead of his offense, which is, which is good. I mean, I like the fact that he does defend, look to defend, despite the fact that he's, he's gifted offensively. Well, well, you know, usually when I say gifted offensively, I'm talking about like a guy that's just a big time natural scorer. But I do think that it is a good thing that he does compete on the defensive end and that should be able to get him on the floor. And the shot looks good. The form looks good. I think there's really good promise as a shooter. So I, I could see him as a in a role as a three and D ball mover. I talked to a, a few scouts. There's some scouts at the game. I, I wasn't going to mention the teams, but I won't mention the teams. But I saw a few scouts at the game, and one of the scouts that I spoke with pretty much had the same observation I had. We talked before the game. He's like, I came out here, but every time I've seen him play, he looks like – and he was like, but then when I see the stats, he has a good game. And he's like, you, you see – what makes him so intriguing, but I've yet to see it in person. And, and those are my sentiments, even though I mentioned I have seen him play really good one game. But in that one game, the team that they played against, they had a, a huge advantage talent-wise, size-wise. And so he really looked good and stood out and shined in, in the easy game. But as the competition has gotten better, I personally, with my own two eyes, haven't seen a strong performance. It's only the potential, the physical tools. So I'll be paying attention to Risa Shared throughout the rest of, of the season. I'll be tracking him because, again, he's very divisive. I have him outside of my top 30. And then he had a couple of big games. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to reevaluate this. And then, of course, after seeing how Alex Starr looked when he played at the G League Fall Invitational and then seeing how he's played in the NBL, I started to chalk it up as, you know what, maybe it's just a change of scenery for, for research here. So, he, again, he'll be somebody that I'll be monitoring and keeping track of throughout the season. I spoke to a, a, a very respected basketball mind, and his sentiments were pretty much the same. He's like, he's going to be an NBA player. He's like, he's going to be an NBA player just because of the pedigree and the talent, but he couldn't figure out where he'll fit in as an NBA player. He didn't know at this point, uh, do you project him as a starter? Do you project him as a top-end rotation player? Do you project him as a back-end rotation player? Where do you project him? Which is crazy because... Again, I've seen some people project him as a lottery pick, number one pick. And then you have, you know, on one end people projecting him really, really high in the lottery. And then on the other end you have people that are saying that they don't know if he is a surefire rotation player in the NBA. But again, the talent is there. I would like to see him improve on his ball handling, offensive creativity. And this is just my Raphael two cents. I think Zachary Reese's share would definitely benefit from spending a summer in the United States with a U.S. trainer. And it's no knock on international trainers. It's no knock on at all. International teams, and what I love, and one of the reasons why I'm going to spend so much time in Spain is that they train team-specific training. Like, you work out with your team. There's not a lot of individual training. So I think he has that part down. Now, I think if he had like a U.S. trainer, because, you know, here in the States, well, not here in the States, I'm in Monaco right now. But in the States, 
players have a trainer and they're all working on their individual stuff. And sometimes I think it's to the detriment of the players because everybody's working on their skill set as if they're going to be featured in the offense. And sometimes when they're not featured or they don't get a chance to pound the ball and make a bunch of dribble moves or create, they struggle finding a role. So I think with, with Reese's share, if it were totally up to me, I would... I mean, he has a good baseline of, of fundamentals and concepts, high IQ, all of that. But I think spending a summer with a U.S. trainer, playing one-on-one, and just working on his offensive creativity, I think that will work wonders for his career. I think that will help him maximize his potential. Just the, the ability to create, I think, is going to, to, to basically be what determines his ceiling. Well, that wraps up this episode of the NBA Draft. Thank you for watching on youtube thank you for listening please subscribe to the channel like share subscribe for the next i think it's i don't know eight days i'll be in europe so i'll probably have more podcasts at some some random locations i don't i don't think that i'll, I'll have the mediterranean in the background in the next two episodes but man i'm having a blast like i said big shout out to each and every listener that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first, second, third, fourth, fifth listen of the day. Thank you for listening, whether it's on, on the podcast or watching on YouTube. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow reporting to you live from Monaco, Monte Carlo. And I am out.